Have you ever had one of those aha moments like, God has been so good to me, and maybe you said, I want to build something for God. I want to do something for God. And yet in this chapter, as David thinks that way, God says, the Lord will make a house for you. God wants to build something in you and for you, with you and through you. We'll learn more about how he does that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Now, David said, I want to I make something cool for the Lord. I want to I make something special for the ark to dwell in. But the Lord says, no, David, I'm going to make a house for you. And the word house here is not a physical structure. The word house speaks of a lineage. It speaks of descendants to come. Right now, I have three boys. We celebrated a 10-year anniversary at the church, and my three boys got up here, and they have grown so fast, it's, it amazes me. They're all tall, strapping, good-looking young guys. It's just totally unfair what time does. But I look at each of them, and I, and I see promise. I see hearts that want to serve Jesus Christ. They are my house. You know, wherever we end up living, whether we live in Corona or we live in another state, my house will continue through those boys. And what God is telling David right now is you're going to have a house, and it's not a physical structure. In fact, it's going to be really captured in a, in a throne. And from your line, even though you were the youngest of eight, David, you were the unexpected choice. From your line will come the Savior of all mankind. Can you imagine hearing that? You know, Mary was pretty blown away to be the maid servant of the Lord when she was told, you've, you've gained great favor. You are blessed among women. She had to be blown away that she would be the mother of the Messiah. But think of David. David, the unexpected choice to be the king, now is going to be told prophetically through Nathan the prophet that from your body is going to come the savior of the world. Can you just park there for a second? Can you just let that sink in if you're David? You're thinking, what? You, you had a building project in mind and you could have built a grand structure, but eventually rust and decay and all of that happens. And, and we do know that the temple was destroyed by foreign armies on several occasions. Buildings come and go, but this family and the throne that comes from it will last Forever, God says, I'm going to make a house for you. The Bible is of ultimate worth because in it, God makes his promise. Faith, brothers and sisters, is believing God's promise. Here's God's promise. Galatians 3.22 says, The scripture has shut up all men under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. 1 John 2.25 says, this is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. What really matters? What's going to last in the end? It's not going to be structures. It's not going to be where we live or what we build. It's going to be people. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 2.19 indicates that people are going to be your crown one day. 
I don't believe that you're going to literally drop a crown before the Lord, a literal crown before the Lord. That may be, but I think your crown before the Lord one day is going to be people, people that you invested in, people that you edified, people that you brought to Jesus, people that you are building up right now. Let me ask you, how many little jewels are in your crown right now? How are you doing with that? See, this is the way we measure life. Solomon wrote Psalm 127. Interestingly enough, most of the Psalms are not penned by Solomon, but he wrote these words, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Solomon wrote that, and some people believe he wrote it about the temple, the house being the temple. But think of the house in this sense. Unless the Lord builds your house, you labor in vain. The average college student today, if you interviewed them and said, what are you living for? Do you know, Ravi Zacharias this morning was talking about, he had spoken to something like 50,000 college students in one venue because it was being projected uh, in three different sites. And he said, you know, the most common question for college students that they were wrestling with was really two questions. Does life have any meaning? And how do I overcome a pornography addiction? Did you hear that? The biggest questions that college students are asking in these settings of our national universities, state colleges, you name it, are, does life really have any meaning? And how do I overcome a pornography addiction? Does that tell you a little bit about where our culture is, folks? Does that tell you a little bit about where we need to do our work? It's in the area of ideas. It's in the arguments for truth and love and what really matters. And is there something that you can really say is the anchor of your soul? Something worth living and even dying for? Our college students are asking those questions. And God says to David, when your days are complete, verse 12, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant your offspring or your seed. The Hebrew is a singular noun here. It could speak of a multitude or a single individual after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. Would you notice in verse 12, it says, when your days are complete. David, you're going to live a certain amount of time and you're gonna lie down with your fathers and I'm gonna raise up a descendant who will come forth from you, from your body. He'll be your seed and I will establish his kingdom. Now, for those of you who have looked at the Davidic covenant before, you know that most scholars say 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16, is the promise to the throne of David, applying to the Messiah. Notice what happens. He shall build a house for my name, 13, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The immediate context, brothers and sisters, is Solomon before us. But the greater context is the Messiah coming from the throne of David. You might say, well, Pastor Michael, how do we know that? Let's take a look at one other parallel passage. It's in the book of Hebrews. So go all the way to your right quite a bit, and you're going to get to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1, the writer is celebrating the superiority of Jesus Christ to everything, to angels, to Moses, etc. And in Chapter 1 of Hebrews, verse 5, the writer tells us 
these things. He says, Hebrews 1, verse 5. To which of the angels did he ever say, the father ever say, Hebrews 1, 5, thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And again, Hebrews 1, 5, I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. Would you all note in Hebrews 1, 5, you need to write down 2 Samuel 7, 14, because what you're going to see is 2 Samuel 7, 14 is being quoted in Hebrews 1, 5, part B, the latter half of the verse. This is a quotation from this promise to David in 2 Samuel, and it is about Jesus. Notice in verse 6 of Hebrews 1, when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, the father says, thy throne, O God, is what? Forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. The father says of the son, Jesus Christ, he calls him God in Hebrews 1.8 and said, says his throne will last forever. Now hold that thought and go back to 2 Samuel and we'll have to move quickly through the latter half of this. But here's what it says. 2 Samuel 7, return there for a second and look at verse 14. 2 Samuel 7, 14 says, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. That's the quotation you just saw in Hebrews 1.5. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him. With the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. Now, sometimes what you'll see in a prophecy is a dual fulfillment. This is one of those cases. And here's what happens. Sometimes it's speaking of the greater David that will come from David's body. And sometimes in the immediate context, it's speaking of Solomon or even from that plural uh, or the singular Hebrew that can mean plural. It could speak of future kings. Take David, for example. David committed his famous sin with who? Bathsheba. Did he experience consequences? And all God's people said, yes. Were they severe? Yes. The baby died. The sword never left David's house. What he did in secret, God said, your sons are going to do in open public. However, the promise was never revoked from David. No matter what Solomon did, 700 wives. Oh, just think about that, brothers and sisters. Talk about need of counseling. And 300 concubines. Can you imagine that? A thousand women in your life. Just think of what date nights had to look like. It would take you three years just to date each one of them. And that's if you did it every night. The dude had problems. <laughs> However, no matter what Solomon did, he could not reverse the Davidic covenant. Jesus was coming from the line of David. And let me say to you, no matter what you do, no, no matter how many times you fall on your face, no matter how many times you skin your knee, you cannot reverse the new covenant. You are sealed for the day of redemption. But I've got news for you. If you blow it, be prepared to be spanked. Because daddy spanks. You will not stop. 
Hey folks, I've been telling you about different ways that you can connect with Walk in Truth. And one of the ways you can do it through modern technology is download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll have access to all kinds of cool resources, including one thing I'm going to highlight today, which is a devotional. It's a video devotion I've done on, will God give you any more than you can handle? Question mark. I'm sure you've had that question. It's a five minute video devotion. It'll bless you. You can refer friends to it and hopefully it'll help you with your walk. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and check out the devotion today. God bless you. Think about that, brothers and sisters. Talk about need of counseling and 300 concubines. Can you imagine that? A thousand women in your life. Just think of what date nights had to look like. It would take you three years just to date each one of them. And that's if you did it every night. The dude had problems. However, no matter what Solomon did, he could not reverse the Davidic covenant. Jesus was coming from the line of David. And let me say to you, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you fall on your face, no matter how many times you skin your knee, you cannot reverse the new covenant. You are sealed for the day of redemption. But I've got news for you. If you blow it, be prepared to be spanked. Because daddy spanks. You will not stop being his son. This is my understanding of the new covenant. When you blow it. But be prepared for a spanking. Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11 says, God disciplines the son or daughter in whom he delights. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you because his new covenant is based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. However, if you continue to play games, he will give you consequences. And I'm sure if I started a line right here and you all came up, you could testify to the truth I am now sharing. Would you agree? He's going to be true to his word, but the way you enter the kingdom is largely dependent on your obedience. Or if you don't, you're going to walk in limping with band-aids all over, but you're going to make it because God is faithful. But I would say to you, spare yourself the grief and the spankings and get on board with his program. Amen? Do it his way. Otherwise, you're going to get the strokes. Verse 14, the rod of men, the strokes of the sons of men. Usually, that's how it works, right? And if you think about Jesus, even though he was totally innocent, so this can't apply directly to him, he was treated as though he had committed our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-beings fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. He was crucified for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. You can read Isaiah 53, verses one through nine. Now, God is speaking to, Dave, to Nathan for David to give a message to David. He says, my loving kindness, 15, shall not depart from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed uh, from before you. So 
My loving kindness, my hesed, my loyal love isn't going anywhere. I did remove it from Saul. Some of you may have been thinking, but Saul lost everything, but it's not going to be so with the Davidic covenant. Your house, 16, your kingdom shall endure before me for how long? Forever. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the Davidic covenant. In Luke 1, when Mary was told that she was going to bear the Messiah, Luke 1.32 says, he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Uh, this is uh, the promise in Luke chapter one. You can write down verses 32 and 33. So in accordance with all the words, these words and all the vision, Nathan spoke to David. So Nathan showed up after he had get, been given this full vision in all these verses. He shared it with the king, maybe with a couple of gulps in his throat. King, by the way, I heard from the Lord last night. <laughs> There's a slight adjustment on what I told you yesterday. Here's what it is. And then David, when he heard all these words, David the king went in and sat before the Lord. Now, how do you think David felt? David wanted to build the house for God, but he got so much more he was just told, your throne is going to last forever and through your house will come the savior of the world. That's much better than a building project, isn't it? Haven't you noticed God will always do more than you could ever ask or think? That's the business that he's in. You want to do this? I got news for you. I'm going to build a house for you. And it's going to be, last way longer than you could ever imagine. And from your family line will come the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And David, overwhelmed, went and sat before the Lord. Have you ever had a moment like that where you just were overwhelmed by what God has done for you and you just had to go sit? Maybe you could just go get on your knees. Just begin to count your blessings one by one to see what the Lord has done. Do you know how many amazing gifts we have in our lives? How many amazing blessings. To go and sit before the Lord may mean that David went and sat before the ark because the ark represented the presence of God. He may have left his cedar house, gone into the tent that he had pitched for the ark and sat there before the Lord. I don't know for sure, but the language could indicate that. And he said, who am I, O Lord God? What is my house that thou hast brought me this far? You know, there was a lot of people in the Bible like Moses and Solomon and others who said, who am I that you should use me in this way? Look how far, verse 18, you've brought me. You know, sometimes when we're struggling in life, we have disappointments, we maybe have a setback, we forget as Christians how far we have come. Don't forget in the moments of struggle and disappointment how far you have come. The devil sometimes wants to get you to focus on the one mistake that you've made, the shortcoming, that nagging area of your life that you can't seem to get it together and you forget how far you've come. Do you remember what your struggles used to be a couple of decades ago? I do. They weren't pretty, folks. But now the Lord has brought us so far. Don't forget how far God has brought you. Because that's where you're going to be able to celebrate the goodness of God. And so he says, who am I? He's sitting before the Lord, I think, just in awe of God. 
I think all who know God's goodness toward them will echo David's words here. He says, yet this was insignificant. It was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. For thou, verse 19, has spoken also of, thy, of the house of thy servant concerning the distant future. And this is the custom of man, O Lord God. This ESV is the instruction. The word is Torah there. For mankind, Adam, O Lord God. This is the way you work. And again, what more can David say to you? You know, David was not a man short on words. Just read the Psalms. But he says here, what more can I say? For thou knowest thy servant, O Lord God. What can I say? What, what can we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then he's going to begin to praise God. When you praise the Lord, it means to declare what he has done and what he is like. Praise is to declare what God has done and what he is like. It doesn't always have to be to music, but in many cases for David, it was. He says, for the sake of thy word, verse 21, and according to thy own heart, you did this, you did what was in your heart, Lord. Thou hast done all this greatness to let thy servant know. It was in my heart to build you a house, but what was in your heart was so much greater. This was your heart all along. For this reason thou art great, O Lord God, and there is none like you, none like thee. There is no God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. David begins to acclaim, to praise the greatness of God, what God has done and who God is. This is what praise is about. And what one nation on the earth is like thy people Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make a name for himself, and to do a great thing for thee and awesome things for thy land, before thy people whom thou hast redeemed for thyself, from Egypt, from nations and their gods. What amazing grace. Why did God choose Israel? I don't know. It was in his heart. Did he choose them because they were greater in number than any people? No. Did he choose them because they were more militarily effective and efficient? No. Do you know why God chose them? Because he chose them. How's that for a deep thought? Some of us, we look in the mirror on certain mornings, maybe for you it's most mornings, and say, how could you choose somebody like me? Before I drink coffee, it's a more mysterious thing, right? <laughs> but God is faithful, and God chose us. It's amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For thou hast established for thyself thy people Israel as thine own people forever. And thou, O Lord, has become their God. I know there's a debate in the church, in certain circles, will God work again in Israel? I'll tell you, verse 24 certainly seems to indicate that he will. And now, therefore, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant, 25, his house, confirm it forever. Do it, Lord. Do as thou hast spoken, that thy name may be magnified, that your name literally may be great forever. By saying the Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and may the house of thy servant David be established before thee. A couple of verses to go, but I'll just say this to you. At some point, you get to a point in your Christian life where just praying scripture back to God is just fine. Do you know why? 
because you know scripture is going to come to pass. And so you just say something like this, God, you've said this, do it, Lord, do it. And you know what you can know? He is. You can pray scripture back to God and stand on the promises of God every day and be confident in the Lord. Why? Because it's impossible for him to lie. You want a prayer? Read something from the scripture and say, Lord, I know this is going to happen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Sound pretty good? I know we struggle sometimes with door A, door B. Should I walk through this door or that door? Sometimes we have to ask the Lord about those kinds of things, but we have so much to pray about and thank God for. And for thou, O Lord of hosts, 27, the God of Israel has made a revelation to thy servant saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, thy servant has found courage to pray this prayer to thee. And now, O Lord, the word there is Adonai. God is Yahweh. Thou art God and thy words are truth. Your words will be truth is the way you could read this since it's a prophecy. And thou hast promised this good thing to thy servant. And now, therefore, may it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken, and with thy blessing, may the house of thy servant be blessed forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father, we are so grateful for this section of the Davidic covenant. And it, it does pertain to us because one from David's family has become our Messiah. The son of David, Hosanna to the son of David. Lord, thank you that you entered the world in the line of David. Thank you that you grew up, you lived the perfect life in our place. And then when you entered Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, the people said, Hosanna to the son of David. They were acclaiming you as the Messiah. They knew the prophecy in 2 Samuel 7. And that prophecy has worldwide impact. In fact, it's the reason that we're here today. I believe that's why David was so blown away. I believe that's why he sat before you and just tried to ponder your goodness. And Lord, as we look at Revelation 7, we see people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people around the throne celebrating in much like the celebration on the triumphal entry, and we see that every tribe has been impacted, every nation, every tongue from this promise to David, this promise that a king was coming. And thank you that he has come, that he is at the right hand of God the Father, that he's coming again, and that he is the judge, the king, and the savior of all the world. Hey folks, I'm excited to tell you about another way that you can connect with Walk in Truth. Download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll find a lot of cool resources. You'll be able to listen to messages. You can access devotionals and you can partner with Walk in Truth and help us reach more people. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and find a lot of cool resources there. I know it'll be a blessing to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit Walk in Truth 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com.